Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And I'm your co-host, Anais Lucia. And today we have Joe's son, Boo, back on the podcast uh, to talk about, you know, uh, what, I guess, the struggles of how inmates can kind of start their life outside of prison and, you know, how he did that and any suggestions he might have. So, yeah, what it's like, Yeah, what's life like? You know, get out. Why is it so hard for people to move beyond you know, that life of crime? You know, and I'm excited to have Boo back on here. What's up, boy? What's going on? What's going on? How you feeling? How you feeling? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. I've got to wake up. You know, we do it early, you know, that kind of thing, you know. So, well, we just want to get right into it. And, uh, again, introduce yourself to everybody. They already know you, but let's do it again for the new listeners. Introduce yourself. Tell them what's going on with you. I'm Joe T, the third, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm excited about this interview because, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that have struggled coming out of prison with not going back into the lifestyle or going back and forth with the lifestyle because, you know, not knowing, not ever living another life outside of that is hard to, you know, cross over. So it's it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good interview, and, you know, starting off with saying, man, I just spoke at a college. You know, two days ago, and it was major to me. It was in Augusta, Georgia, man. And even when I was standing there sharing it, you know, the the struggles that I've had to continue to push, and then standing there, I was like, I would have never thought, you know, I would be standing in front of college students speaking with no college education and coming from where I come from. So I'm excited about sharing, you know, what we're about to talk about. Okay, then. Well, let me jump right to it then. Just tell us what was it like when you first got out, you know what I'm saying? You had these hooks and dreams when you when you lived from here. I know you wanted to sell your books. You wanted to do all of this. You were excited. What was it like? What kind of support did you get? Yes, I want to start with this, man. Um, okay. I was expecting a certain amount of support coming home that I did not walk into, you know. And you can do all the preparing you want. I don't, you can study all you want because, you know, ministry was my life. I did a lot of studying as far as the word. I did a lot of studying as far as self-help, self-help books when it comes to mindset. I did a lot of studying when it comes to, you know, financial things and stuff like that. You can say all of these things to yourself when you're sitting behind that fence. And I was back there and I was behind the fence for 10 years straight. But the moment you step back out into society, a lot of those things that you think have prepped you for society, they are not useful. It's almost like going to school all of these years. You go to elementary, middle school, high school, and then you graduate, and then you step out into the world, and you realize all of these subjects that they gave you don't even help you in life. And it was like, okay, what what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Even though I had already wrote three books and self-published one of them while I was in prison, which I was excited about. I had no idea of how to promote it. I had no idea how to do marketing. I had no idea that I was going to have to literally get in front of these people and try to sell this book fresh 10 years out of out of prison you know so i dealt with social anxiety and all of these i dealt with a, a, a whole lot of different things and the one thing that was presented to me two weeks before i got two weeks after i was home which probably was shorter than that 
was my old lifestyle. So after two weeks of being home, and I'm realizing this might be a little harder than I thought. Thought this might be, yeah. this might move a little slower than I thought. This might not pick up until you know I got to do a lot of grinding. I got to do a lot of pushing. I got to do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Then I got to overcome these fears within myself to make this work so by the time my old lifestyle was presented to me which i'm talking about hustling and being around those old people my brain was fighting to just resort to doing what i'm familiar with what i know that's easy for that's easy for me i know how to do that i know how to make money i know i know what come with it you know so that was that was a it was a huge struggle and then not having support you know when i'm telling people this what i want to do and you know people that probably was in the position to help me get to you know they they were not supportive man you ain't gonna be able to sell books and you know they didn't think because none of it's hard to get support from people okay let me ask you real quick so when you say support from people do you mean emotional support financial support what were you not getting Oh, all of it, you know, emotion. Nah, yeah, all of it, emotional support and, and, and financial support. You know, I, all of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's emotional when when I'm trying to get. They both can hit you at the same time. No emotional or financial. I'm trying to get support from you by asking you to support. Not only do you you discourage me about what I'm trying to do. That's already emotional. And then you already let me know you're not finna help me financially. You you hit me both times with what <laughs> you um, hit me yeah. with a combo off the, the top. Piece, off the top. Yeah. yeah. So how did you push how did you push through that? Me personally, uh I believed in the vision. I believed I had to it takes courage to fight against uh negativity. It takes courage to fight against when people saying no, it takes courage to to continue on in what you believe that's in yourself, in your vision. I chose to, no matter what, I believed in what I wanted. I wanted what I wanted, regardless of what how anybody else felt about it. And I was yeah. gonna fight for it. I was gonna fight for that. So that's what that's what helped me. And did I? Of course, I had moments where I got, you know, I got uh, I had doubts or. I didn't have the faith that I needed and I struggled. I struggled a lot. But even in those struggles, I didn't ever submit myself over to, you know what, I give up. I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. But I, I kept pushing for what it was I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Dig that. Okay, and then give me give me some insight on those. So while you were in those moments of struggle, uh, and, and th- when you first got out, I remember I remember you telling me about when you were setting up the booth and you were selling the books uh, on the interstate out there in Springfield, and you know the support like that. You said you got good support. People were coming out. So how mm-hmm. did that taste of support, that small taste of support? How did that influence you? That that, that small taste. Did that give you that drive? Or, or it, no? it helped. It helped a lot. Let me tell you how it helped. Because one thing about when you pursuing what you pursuing, you don't get support from the people you are expecting support from. 
the what people who take by that specifically the, when you the, I was I was you know the, the, my loved ones my the people that I know that I care about people that I grew up around you know we're all grown at that point you know I've been home four years I was 29 you know what I'm saying when I came home 29 going on 30 so I'm expecting to see a lot of the people that I grew up with people who knew my story people who knew you know what I had overcame the people who came and bought books from me were probably older a mature group of people who had heard my life it was a lot of people who came down and was saying like well I used to you know pray for you or boy I used to see you and I used to hear about you I know your mama it wasn't the people that I expected to come. It might have been a handful of them that showed up, you know, that, you know, knew me personally, was around here and there. But the people who came out and supported me was not the people that I was expecting. But so so that was that was a plus. That was a plus. But it helped me. It, it, this this is how it helped me. I immediately grabbed, understood that the people that are going to support me are going to be complete strangers. And 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 that's what it's been ever since people are more supportive of you uh they don't know you and the people that know you personally it i don't know if it's jealousy i don't know if it's envy i don't know what it is but for yeah. some reason they they show the the most they show the a lack of support that i feel that shouldn't they should be the most supportive people but you know in what in what i believe in the word uh, the king said himself, a prophet is without honor in his own country. He wasn't able to do the miracles for his own hometown because they were so negative. They was they didn't want they didn't believe that who he was saying who he said he was. So by the time I come home and I you know I done made this change, and I'm expecting people who knew what I went through this, and they didn't show up, and it was people who, and boom, and and that's what is and it's still like that right now i still i just released another book today i'm shipping them out today i've only had one sale at home i've been promoting it you know i still get i i get sales back home right now from people who don't know i'm the one who do all the shipping i'm the one who's in control of the website i see when you order the book and, and i i'm the one who's got the mail it to springfield tennessee i know yeah. who you are so you and i'm like yeah, I'm like, I've been home two years pushing this book. You was there when I was, just like what you just asked me in the question, when I was in the parking lot. You seen me in the parking lot. You seen me promoting this on social media. Why you didn't come and get it then? The same people now want to buy books because they see that it's it's doing what it's doing, so. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's sad. That's sad, that's disappointing too. Do you think maybe it was like, I don't know, jealousy in a way like most definitely most definitely i believe it was jealousy uh and mm. i think most people stuck in life or stagnant in life or have got comfortable and can't see beyond where they are when other people are doing that i don't think they realize what they're staring up in them i don't think they take a look to see or, or ask themselves why do i feel that way towards that individual why am I feeling that type of way about that person's success? What What is it in me that's making me operate? I don't think they realize how negative they are coming off because a lot of them have just been around that their entire life. And sometimes you don't realize that you've uh, 
become accustomed to negativity <laughs> and if it's not if it's not negative you don't know how to have another conversation with yourself for you to see it in a different perspective and 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 this is or to be happy for somebody else. or to be happy for somebody yeah and if, if you're not happy with yourself of course there's no way you can be genuinely happy for somebody else especially especially with somebody who lived a life like me and you feel don't deserve it and you are saying to yourself why him you know what i'm saying that's that's not me and not me yeah yeah because i remember one time and correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if it was a, you said a, a police officers a few police officers yeah, yeah, supporting yeah. You and all that. how did that make you feel it made me the feel that it, one it, time was chasing you down yeah you know what that, i'm saying and now they're supporting you how'd that make you feel that though so that right there i felt that was like my first peak and, and when i first realized like i was doing something greater than where i came from like when this when this officer pulled up you know this officer this particular one officer that I, it was two of them this officer had chased me several times high speed chases on foot this officer had caught me once or twice draw down on me once or twice with his weapon this it, uh, transported me this officer really knew who i was and when when he seen me in the streets he yeah in the street he knew you know, even when he pulled up on me, he told me, he was like, man, a lot of us used to be scared of you. Like the stuff he was saying, he remembered certain, he right then and there was quoting, was telling me some of the stories where he remembered the high speed chases and all of it. And he was like, man, we talk about you all the time now. He was like, you know, when you came home, you know, they, you know, officers, they ask about people that done came home and what they do. And they ask their confidential informants, I'm sure. And he was like, everybody was saying, now, dude, done changed his life, man. You know, he, he doing ministry now and he wrote some books and he was like, I couldn't believe it. He said, so when I seen you sitting right here, you know, selling your book and, and doing it, he said, man, I got to go. And he came over, he bought two books and he was like, man, I'm so excited to read it. He said, man, please. Sign. He said, man, please. He said, please sign it for me too. Sign it for me. <laughs> he was like, man, and he said, look, and sign this one. He said, sign this one. And he said, this other officer tonight, he said, because I'm telling you, he said, this is going to blow his freaking mind when I tell him. <laughs> he said, when I tell him, look, guess who I got this book from? <laughs> Like, yeah, man. Yeah. and he was like man he and he was and when he was looking at the book like he was looking at it like amazed that i did it and you know and then we yeah. took a picture yeah. we took a picture and when i took the picture i posted it on my social media and everybody from my hometown said i was wrong for it called me the police what said i think they didn't they said i was wrong because i took a picture with the police they were still stuck in a certain mentality as if i should have told the police now nah, i ain't selling you no book or not take a picture mm. but i'm like what and these same people who and they were calling me the police calling me a snitch calling me a rat because right. the police came and supported me right. and and when i seen that that i was like wow you these same people who are saying these things did not come and buy a book for me have not right. said congratulations have not mm -hmm. said they were proud of me have not gave me anything since i've been home i take a picture right. of a police officer who knew me in the same light that you knew me in years ago came down here right. pulled over took his time to congratulate not only that and also told me man if you need help with anything you call me 
and he was honest about it because he gave my information to another officer who said the same thing who had he had a gym he told me man it ain't much i could do for you i got a gym he said you don't even need a membership you want to come in there and work out tell him i sent you these same these same people who were talking about me didn't offer me anything and now all of a sudden you're trying to uh you're trying to make people in the streets feel some type of way about me yeah now Anna East, she just asked you that did you think it might be jealousy listening to you talk because when she asked that question i was like yeah that's what it is but listening to you talk and share that about the police officer buying your book it's making me think do you might think and, and Anna East, for you too do you might think that this it might be anger that they see you as somebody that don't support that lifestyle no more do you think they might be angry at you about that and not really know how to express that? Do you think that could be it? Oh, uh, that too. Most definitely that too. I've had a lot of com- I've had a few conversations with some people, you know, and I can tell in what they were expressing, it was a you left us behind. Mm-hmm. Without them even being able, they wouldn't. It was like they wasn't able to say that, but I was that's what I was getting from the conversation it was a man you 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 moving like now, you go ahead when you say that now you make me think it's hurt that yeah it's I hurt. think hurt I think the hurt and anger probably it's probably running neck to neck you angry because I moved forward and it's hurting you because I was probably once the person that you looked up to yeah yeah okay yeah so that's what that's what we now we get into it so that that's what I'm wondering why is it so hard for other people to get to do what you've done you know me and you both we know plenty of people that have gotten out and gone back or gotten out and 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 are successful you know we know both on both sides but i wonder about the recidivism rate you know depending on what state you're in uh within the first year you see 50 percent 49 percent of the people come back to prison within the first year mm-hmm. of the relief then you see that number increase up to 70 percent within the, uh, the three to five years so I'm like man what is it and what will it take for people to get out of this place because when you're in here you're complaining you hate it and all of that you know what I'm saying but then when uh-huh. you get out you don't give yourself a chance and I'm like what is that and that's why I wanted to do this interview you know it's what is that that'll make a person that hates this place hates prison you know being here being separated from the people that you love and all this and that can't do you know not free to do what you would like to do what is it that'll make a person get out and risk coming back? You know what I'm saying? What is mm-hmm. it? And now listening to you talk, uh, it's like they don't see themselves doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and that fear of being ostracized, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because how did you deal with that? With the people saying that you were a traitor or a snitch, whatever the terminology you use. It hurt. How did you process that? That 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 was hurtful. These are people that I love and care about. Like that that it was hurtful. And, and you still love and care about them to this day, I'm sure. That man, man, yeah. And when I get chances, you know, I'll I'll say, you know, what's up, man. I'll you just on my heart, you know. And I'll you know I keep yeah. pushing, but I can't understand early home that you know everybody wasn't able to go. You know, and everybody don't want to grow. Everybody don't want to grow. Now, when it comes to you know, I. I've also seen I, I got a I got a friend right now who he can't let them people go. He he just can't let them go. And I think that comes when I came home, I had a vision. Okay. And I knew like I had a purpose. I think 
when it comes to what you were saying, people coming out and going back in, even though they complain and they hate their place, and this is in prison for one does not prepare you for if you really do have something in your heart you want to do. The one thing you going most people do when they get out of prison and people tell them to do is go get a job. People will get out and go get that job and it's something that they have to do versus something that they love to do. I came home I came home with something I fell in love with doing. So with me loving that, it was equivalent to me being in the streets. I love the streets. So it was cool to me. Now and if I done anything outside of what I love, it was it felt forced. So when it felt forced, it was easy for me to say, "You don't forget, forget that. I'm gonna do me." Doing something now, it's same thing. I'm doing something I love to do, which is do speakings. I love to do my books. I remember when you uh, had gotten out, you had various different jobs. Oh, mm -hmm. that first year, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. various different jobs. And you always talked about how you love the jobs, the supervisors, they were crazy about you. Mm -hmm. You know, they were getting raises and they wanted you to stay and all this. And that. Mm -hmm. the whole time they were saying this to you, you were telling me like, Daddy, I can't see myself doing this. Right. And I wanted you to stay because I wanted you to be able to have the benefits, have a safety net. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in you, but I believed that you had to have a safety net. You understand what I'm saying? But you yes. were saying, this ain't me, this ain't me. Mm -hmm. And you said, I got to go all in with this book. I believe mm -hmm. in it. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm done. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I hit you back. And, I'm like, what are you doing? He said, uh, I'm selling books. I said, you ain't going to work. He said, I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I was saying, man, that, that was, that was again, that was, I was doing something that, like you were saying, you, you seen stability and getting, I, I understood that as well. But I didn't love the job. It was it was cool. It was easy work. That part of me was like, yeah, this is something I can do. I love that. But I wasn't in love with the work. I wasn't in love with the job. It wasn't meaningful. It was not serving my purpose in life. I was not able to touch lives. I was not able to travel and move around. What I knew that was within me. So many people dumbed down the gift and the talent and everything else that's in them and they settle because you I couldn't find a way I was having to go get the jobs because I was I was still having financial issues I, I was I was get I was making and I hadn't figured out the book thing yet so I would do the books for a little while fall short financially have to go back and get a job like the job but I was making money so I could start back investing in what it was I wanted to do so that that last that 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 one time that I remember what you talk about I was working at this place where we were uh it was something it was something with bricks and I was driving the tow motor yeah, they never yeah. drove the tow motor they taught me how to drive the tow motor I had a raise within you know probably a month or two quick I moved up quick but I didn't it what it was it got so heavy on me in that job I said no it's either going either I'm going to have to go all the way in because I don't feel like you can serve your purpose and, and, and give your and work towards your dream unless you commit completely to mm -hmm. the dream and the vision. And I said, man, I'm going to leave. I'm leaving this time and I am going to 100 percent. I'm going to do all the research I need. I'm going to do all the traveling I need when I'm sure I'm going to get out here and I'm going to bust my tail for this yeah. because I love this. This is what I want to do. And yeah. And and still, even when I committed, because I know people are going to listen to this and I want people to understand, sometimes even when you commit, you still can fall short because I come from the streets when it comes to financial you know, literacy. Yeah. 
I didn't nobody talk to me about no saving, about no budgeting, about no investing, none of this. So I had, I, I ran into a lot of financial issues again, which led me down, you know, to do other things that I needed to get back situated. I just, I've been home four years. The book that I'm pushing now, I've been pushing it for two years. I literally just found out what works for me when it comes to selling books. It's been four years. I just found out about it. I just, I just really hit it about a year ago. I just really hit it where it's working for me, where I'm okay. So it, it, even in that, you know, you just, you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing and pushing. And that's what works for me. I decided I knew within myself I was going to have to commit fully to what it was I wanted to do. And like I was saying, I still ran into issues as far as when it came to financial on the financial end because I was I was used to, you know, making money just as fast as I was spending it. So it was never an issue. So I had to learn how to manage budget and things like that. And once once they got going, once they got going, once I learned that part of it, you know, I've been just as successful at anything I've ever done with what I'm doing now, with what I love to do. Actually, I'm I'm more successful at doing what I love to do versus anything I've ever done. Well, because it's, it's like you're happy. You know, you do mm -hmm. what you want to do and you're happy and you're being able to provide for yourself. But uh, let, let me ask this though, like, so when it comes to asking, answering that direct question of why is it so hard for guys to get out of here and move beyond that mindset, it's more of a mindset than anything. Right. What what I'm hearing you saying is that uh, in prison, they're not preparing the guys, the people that are leaving out of here for the emotional uh, pitfalls that you're going to face. They're not really preparing them for a life uh, that uh, would allow them to be happy. They just right. want them to come. They'll just go get a job. Like, that's going to solve this is the emotional issues and things going on. And it's mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a variety of, of different things, you know, like you just said, the emotional part. Uh, people come out of prison and, and don't have no time to deal with the trauma. Trauma will affect you. Like I told you before, I had one of my friends, you know, when it comes to social awkwardness, like the interview we had, he went on his job after being in, in jail for like four or five years. And because I felt he, he the social awkwardness of not asking, wanting to ask people questions and seeing people who had already learned the job, it was almost like he felt inadequate. He felt like he was incompetent to do the job. And instead of saying, asking for help, he chose to quit. And a lot of, a lot of that come, a lot of that come from doing time and of course it was many times I, w I was going to malls and promoting my book within two weeks of being home coming from because prison is a world within the world you learn the language of prison you come back home you have to again learn the language of being in society and then like I told you that time when me and you was in the cell together it was like I had died a mental death but physically I was still here so my time had my time had stopped in 2007 and now it's 2017 on, on the only memories that I have are from back then so it was even hard to have conversations because people had gained new memories and new experiences and things like this and now when I'm trying to be social only thing I have is is that I've been home for years now yeah, now that I now that I've been home four years, I I have experiences, I have memories, I have things that I can talk about other than doing my time and before I done the time. But 
all of that, like you said, that you don't prepare. You can say to yourself all you want. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And we, and when you in there, when you're in that situation and it's you're the person who's coming out, you actually believe that in yourself. You believe you, but then as soon as you, when you step out, you realize as hard as you have to accept that your goals of what you had of coming home are not realistic when you making them in that cell. And you don't understand that until you step out and see, okay, this might not go. It's because you said you tell yourself, for example, you say, man, if I survived, I'll make a 17 cent. I know I can get out there and get a check. I don't know how them people is, is struggling out there and, 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 and ain't and ain't able to save and get things and this, this and that. Yeah. And people say, yeah, I, I was making 50 cent and, and then here surviving. Well, let me explain something to you when you come home. When you come home, let's say you rent nine hundred to a thousand dollars and then you only make it fourteen dollars an hour on your job. And now you realize that 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 the math is hard because not only do you got to pay your rent you got to pay your car note not only do you pay your car note if you ain't pay cash for the car you got to put gas in your car not only do you put gas in your car you got to eat so you got to buy food or you got to cook you got to go buy food to cook it or you got to buy food at the fast food restaurant not only do you need that you also got to pay electricity you also got to you also got to clothe yourself the expense the, what it costs out here versus what they paying on these jobs going to have you struggling and, and, and you handicap you, you handicap yeah yeah and, we, and you, you not, don't have to worry about the meal they give you three meals a day right you don't have to worry about electricity because you just flip the light the lights come on right you don't have to worry about getting put out if, uh, because if you don't pay the rent because you're not paying rent they're you giving you, you your clothes giving you your clothes everything in here is given to you right and you don't have to pay for it and you get a, you start to believe that you can manage your life that way. When out right. there, what our parents you say out there, life is real. Everything it's very out real. They're caught something, and you have to have right. money to pay for. Yeah, yeah. So it's completely different, you know. And I and I and people don't. I think a lot of people that's been in this conversation that we're having. I don't think people have these conversations with people. I think they try to, especially men. The men who come out, I think they just try to deal with it how they feel that they know best to deal with it. I don't think they have that emotional conversation about the struggles that they're having within themselves. Pride may get in the way, ego may get in the way, but they're not sitting down and saying to, to their loved ones or they, their wives or whoever and saying, look, I don't know why, but I'm feeling like such and such, you know, I thought and and being able to hit what that is that, they, that, that they're feeling. And when they, when you don't, when you don't do that, you, I feel that you, you most definitely gonna result back because for one, you feel it as a man. I feel like you feel it. You have to produce results. You have to provide. You have to do these things. And you're going to, by nature, I feel that you're going to flip that switch on and say, I'm gonna make a way, even if it's risking my freedom again and not realizing you, you really, I don't want to go back in there, but yeah, yeah. I get that. I do. I get that. I get that. Wow. This has been, uh, yeah, this is insightful. I think a lot of people benefit from this. I really do. Um, and if you got any more questions before I get to the final thoughts? Um, I guess for Boo, what would you say your purpose was? 
my purpose was and still is to this day like i said in the beginning when i spoke at that college i realized my purpose was you said that college but tell us what college did you speak to i want it was to a, hear that it was a it was a pain college in augusta georgia the group of uh the the group of students i talked to was the ages from 18 to 25 man and they were an awesome group of kids man they were very receptive to what i was saying and to answer anaïs question man my purpose was to shed light on the life that i've lived before mm-hmm. so people who are either in that life realize that 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 life is not what it's hyped up to be and another thing it was it, it was to to give people a different uh give people hope because there is another way and 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 if i wasn't fulfilling those things i never felt complete you confused frustrated angry upset anxiety you stress when you are not connected and doing what you are aligned to do when you're not stepped into when you haven't stepped into your purpose your life is confusion it's confusion all the way around Anytime I'm doing those things, trying to deter people from their path or bring people off their path and share and give hope because of what I'm doing, I feel I'm feeling whole. And that, and that's what I've been doing for the four, for the four years I've for the four years I've been home. That has been exactly what I've been doing. When people hit me, it's always, man, hey, man, you made me see it a different way, or man, you give me hope, or my son finna come out, you giving me hope that he could come home. When I'm hearing that, I know I'm fulfilling what I'm supposed to do, and that's that's what makes me do what I'm doing and what I why I am doing, continue to do what I'm doing. That's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I like that. I like that. I I had written something for my final thoughts. <laughs> Listening to you talk, I, I've changed all of it on the fly, so I'm finna just go with it. But before I do that, I want to thank you uh, for getting up. I know you were tired this morning, you know what I'm saying, for this interview. And as always, you know, I want to thank you, Annalise. You know what I'm saying, awesome co-host. Let's keep it up. You know what I'm saying. But right now, I'm gonna get some final thoughts, and this is what I'm gonna say to people. You know what I'm saying about this episode and about what we talked about today. You have to give yourself a chance. Because if you don't give yourself a chance, uh, you, you're coming back here. Or you're going to end up living a life that causes harm and pain to other people. And that's not something that you really want to do. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Because what I'm hearing you say, boo, the whole time you were talking is that there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with you uh, mentally. You know what I'm saying? Emotionally, when you get out of these places. And a lot of things that need to be addressed before you get out are not being addressed by the system. They just want you to get out and get a job. As long as they can teach you how to put on a suit, set, in the, set it up straight, and do a good interview and get a job, they think that the problem is solved and crime is going to go down. But I just disagree with that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that is enough. There's a whole lot more that needs to be done when it comes to people getting out of prison and you want them to stay out and be successful. You have to be happy emotionally. You know, and that's something that we don't pay attention to in this country when it comes to mental health. People have to be in positions to be as happy and as whole as they can be under the circumstances. And I think a lot of times because we're coming out of prison, people are coming out of prison, most people are not concerned about our mental health and us being happy. Why would I want somebody to be happy that's getting out of prison that was a murderer, a raper, a robber, drug dealer, and all these things? Read the question is, the answer to that is because you want that person living next to you to be somebody that's productive contributing to society, not taking away from and creating harm in society. So I think that a lot more needs to be done uh, when it comes to people that are in prison, being prepared to get out of prison. And I think a lot more needs to be done when people get out of prison and being able to seek the help that they need. And I want to thank y'all for listening. And like I've always said, 
If you like the episode, share it um, <laughs> on your social media. And by the way, I got my social media set up now, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, doing time with Joe. Uh, go there, leave some comments, uh, give me some show ideas, whatever you want to do. It's cool, and, and, and trust me, somebody in my family, boo, somebody will answer those questions for you, because I can't do it, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to have a phone in here, just so you know. <laughs> but, uh, and, and if you, <laughs> and if you and like I said, if you really like the show, uh, donate, and I appreciate your help. Uh, thank you again, and this has been Doing Time with Joe. Uh, appreciate you. Be blessed. Thank you for using GTL.